1: Welcome all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between. You have stumbled upon yet another episode, a new edition of, and the podcast will rock. We are the show that dives into the discography and the catalog of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Kamire. With me as always, Corey Morris said, Corey, it's hot. There can be no possible uh, uh, outcome of snow in your part of the area. There, there's
3: just no way. A- am I crazy in thinking that? It's so hot. Uh, no snow, but rain. And a lot of rain. Actually, Mark, this past Monday, I was recording a couple episodes of our new show, Backtracks Steam Music, with John Mariano. And right at the end of, of the second episode, I'm like, oh, can you hear that? That's thunder. We could kind of hear it coming over the mic a little bit. Um, half an hour later, six inches of rain, flooded basement, flooded town. Uh, the, the streets were underwater, fields were underwater, just a, a deluge of rain soaked the whole town. But I would still rather have that than snow. So I'm still pretty happy. Jeez, that is, that's
1: too much rain. But uh, I'll be honest with you, if they decided to, if, if the, the weather decided to bless the southern U.S. with a lot of rain, I don't think too many people would complain about it, at least not for the first couple of days. And then it would be nothing but complaints but we need it it's hot out there you guys stay inside stay cool stay uh uh you're gonna stay thirsty so stay hydrated that's the best advice i could ever give you except for one other thing listen to more van halen because that's why you come here that's why you listen to the show you want to listen to a couple of fans like us talk about a band that we all love we all enjoy but right at the start i'm gonna tell you we're not rock historians we're not even uh uh biographers of the band so on occasion if you think uh we're wrong about a particular fact chances are you're right it is what it is okay i just have to throw that at the top uh cory knows that the the sometimes not all of you out there but the some people are just relentless in coming after us about uh all the things that we said wrong and am, am i wrong about that cory
3: you're not uh but I, I think a lot of those people have fallen by the wayside now uh, now, whenever people um, correct us on something, they, they, they do it quite, uh, quite nice and quite politely. Um, for instance, Kevin Brown, uh, who hosts uh, the uh, Tom Petty Project, um, he had to come out and let us know that uh, uh, fuck is a backronym and not the origin of the F word. Uh, as I kind of incorrectly stated last week on the for unlawful track. I, I was just kind of relating a story I heard uh, from Sammy Hagar who heard it from a retired boxer so uh, by no means that I think I was correct but Kevin set the record straight. Thank you very much Kevin. Uh, whenever you come with us come at us respectfully uh, with some new facts like uh, the song getting out. Uh, we'll have a little yeah. uh, a factoid when we go through the, the, the Twitter poll that one of our listeners uh, uh, replied to just kind of the, the meaning of the song um you know if you come at us respectfully like that we don't mind uh, getting corrected we admit we're not historians or anything but if you're going to be a fuck twat then you know we're going to treat you like a fuck or we're just going to ignore you so fortunately most of those people have fallen by the wayside
1: that's good because as much as we love saying the word fuck twat we don't want to do it all the time because we don't need to address the fuck twats but it is fun to say uh speaking of fun Corey, you and i we're not alone we are once again joined by a guest aren't we
3: Yes, I am very much looking forward to this one. Uh, he's one of our brothers uh, from the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Uh, you know him from the Magician's Podcast, the Uriah Heap Show. Uh, he's a Deep Dive legend. Scott Haskin is here tonight. Scott, how's it going, my friend?
4: Doing great, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. I, I don't know about legend, but I love the word fuck twat. I'm going to start using that every chance I get. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs>
3: It'd be, it, it, it be the <laughs> fuck twats podcast. It depends how you feel about your eye heap that week, I suppose. But uh, this is actually the second time I've recorded with Scott. He did an episode of the uh, Aerosmith show. Uh, it just hasn't come out yet. It'll be actually out in two weeks. Uh, Scott uh, picked some songs for the die, which Mark has done as well. Uh, we rolled it, had a great song and had a great time. So this is the first time Scott's actually on the air uh, on one of my podcasts. And we're very excited to have him here tonight uh, because by his own admission, maybe not the biggest Van Halen fan. I am the most medium Van Halen fan. <laughs> so whatever we spin, uh, you you and mentioned, Scott, you're, you're kind of up for anything, uh, hoping for something good, but something bad might be kind of fun too. Sure,
4: yeah. I, I just, you know, through your show, I've started to appreciate this band in a way that I never would have before. Uh, I just, I, I've never really just clicked with their music. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to hear what we got today.
3: Awesome. And as you're doing with Van Halen through our show, I'm doing through your show, and Uriah Heap, maybe tell us a little bit about the Magicians podcast.
4: So uh, right now we're on hiatus until the new album comes out. It's been recorded, we're just waiting. Uh, I've covered all 24 of their currently released studio albums plus one live album and a pre-Uriah Heap album when they were the band Spice, doing one song per show, uh, just digging into each one and really appreciating everything that the band has given us over the last
3: 52 years. I tell you, it's a great show, folks. Uh, And you're really going to appreciate your eye heap a lot more when you start listening to it. And Scott is a very easy listen. I highly recommend this show. Please go check it out, uh, as you should, all the shows uh, on the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. You can go to deepdivepodcastnetwork.com and uh, catch up on all those shows. And we may have a couple of new ones. I don't want to announce it here because the official announcements haven't come. But a lot of exciting chatter in the Deep Dive uh, Twitter chat today about some potential new shows that I'm very much looking forward to.
4: I feel like I'm adding one every day to my website.
1: <laughs> oh, it's true, but it's like Corey is adding shows to his own repertoire uh, almost every week, it seems. <laughs> seems like it, it's absolutely. keeps on growing, <laughs> but that's great because that's what we enjoy doing. Um, we also enjoy hearing uh, the good interactions. Well, good, bad, or mediocre, whichever. We enjoy the interactions on social media. You guys have been uh, very, very active on our polls. Especially, and we appreciate that. So, Corey, if you will, uh, so last week we cover, or the last episode rather, we covered uh, In and Out, uh, and we had our special guest Yonatan uh, on, and uh, everything seemed to be. I we personally thought that uh, show was pretty good. We thought that song was was What Dreams Are Made Of. So I ask you, if you could, what does the poll? What do the people say about In and Out?
3: I tell you what, the poll was a lot closer than actually I was anticipating. Out of 53 votes, uh, 69.8% what dreams are made of, 30.2% this dream is over. So a little more hate for this song than I was anticipating. I, I thought it was a banger off that uh, off that record. And uh, from from the replies, people are telling me that every song on that album is a classic and that I'm wrong uh, for hating songs like Spanked. Um, but still, <laughs> 30% of the people uh, don't agree and they think the dream is over. I found that kind of interesting.
1: I find that appalling quite (laughs) appalling and i just you know and so much of me wants to go to my usual uh, uh excuse of blaming the cult of mariano but i gotta be honest with you i think it's out of mariano's hands at this point i think uh even even john's like he knows when not to be contrary he's you know it is what it is so i don't know you guys all of you out there listening Help me out. Help me figure this out. Well, what what do they say in the comments? Can we provide any context to the way the
3: votes were were swung? Absolutely. And the first comment actually was from, said John Mariano, uh, who just said, I have voted and then included a GIF of uh, Mariano Rivera uh, giving a thumbs up, which I take to mean that John was positive. Uh, on that song so uh, good I for hope, him I hope it, that's what that means <laughs> here's a negative one it comes from Sean Slade he says the hamburger joint the dream is overrated so he wasn't a fan of that song or the hamburger joint apparently we don't have those in Canada so I, I can't comment on in and out <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Scott your neck either. of the woods I'm pretty sure has some In-N-Out burgers don't they? Uh, about every five feet yeah <laughs> there you go uh, let's see Will Leonard that says one of my faves especially live and you can catch that song live on the album uh, live right here right now uh, Kevin from the Tom Petty project says, uh, haven't even listened to the episode yet. And it's a huge dreams are made of for me. So uh, he's a big fan of this uh, song and this album. Uh, Airhead three says uh, easily my least favorite song on uh, foreign lawful Carl knowledge and still a clear what dreams are made of good song and great album. Yes. Corey Morissette, you're wrong about spanked. Well, I promise <laughs> I will keep an open mind when we spin spanked. Uh, but right now, uh, I, I think you're out to lunch. My friend Spank is pretty awful. Uh, friend of the show, Tom arm uh, says firmly in the good, but not a favorite camp. Maybe singing it live was a bit rough on Sammy, which is why they didn't play it very often. That's a uh, potential. Uh, <laughs> also haven't been able to stop thinking about the back and black drop dead legs comparison all day. That was from the drop dead leg show. Uh, we had a fancy <laughs> it's the swing version of back and black. And, and, and once you hear that, you, that that's all you hear. He's you absolutely. Can't unhear it. It's, it's, it's exactly. absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan B. Todd says, uh, that uh, Ted Templeman came back to help with vocals because Andy Johns was drinking and erased the Sammy vocal take. Andy was not happy to work with Ted. So I, I knew Sammy had real problems with Andy Johns and I guess erasing a, an entire vocal take would do that for a relationship. So um, yeah. Jonathan also went out and got himself a fancy and the podcast will rock mug uh, from our, our tea public store. Thank you very much for that. Uh, he Thank says, you. He, yeah, he says, love the use of the wall in this tune. Cheers, mate. And then uh, Tom R. Brewster asked him, what's the capacity of that beverage delivery system? To which Jonathan replied, evidently, it will fit an entire bottle of Jameson. And then he got a little, <laughs> a little heavy on the ends because he was a little uh, drunk at that point. Uh, well, and as finally, a
1: Jameson drinker, I salute him.
3: <laughs> there you go. Finally, Gene Hickey says, uh, what Tom said, good, but not a favorite. Top tier drums on this for sure, though. There you have it. Those are the comments on in and out 69... 69- point eight percent what dreams are made of
1: it's interesting results man uh, i just uh i'm just so confused because sometimes when we put out a song uh, an episode and the song is a banger for us we just naturally assume everybody else is going to agree because we have uh like-minded takes and uh, perspectives on how we feel about the song which which is why we usually give it the ratings when we give it but it's always a it's always a surprise to see how the poll votes in songs like these. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, Scott, uh, are you familiar with the song "In and Out"? And if you are, is it for you what dreams are made of, or is it over?
4: I have not heard that one yet. Uh, as we are recording, I think the last episode that came out was "Drop Dead Legs," so I have not heard uh, that episode just yet. But but I have to wonder. Uh, do the polls seem to swing with who the singer is? Does that affect
3: whether people like the song or not? That that's interesting. We'd have to maybe go back and cross reference that. Yeah,
1: part. yeah, that's a very good question. Because I, we, people are weird. really
3: strong in their
4: camp yeah. of 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 which version of Van Halen they're into. Oh, uh, because we you know, know you can't just be open-minded right and just say well this is who this band was at this time <laughs> uh, i get that a lot with uriah Heep too uh so yeah i would be i would be curious to know if that might be affecting people who are just going to vote everything against sammy hagar if they're a, you know a, a david
3: lee roth fan for example that's interesting because i think our listenership is pretty split down the middle we've got a lot of sammy love and a lot of dave love and mm-hmm. uh, mark and i are kind of interesting that we love them both uh i lean a little more dave and he leans a little more sammy but we we love both eras, and uh, we usually get shit on by one camp or another, depending on on how we vote on a song. Uh sure. but, you know that would be interesting to go back and look. I'm I'm going to make that my mission in the coming weeks. Thank you, Scott, for that suggestion.
4: Well, you yeah. needed another challenge in your day. I don't have enough going on. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, not. Exactly, lazy. <laughs> he's, the,
1: he's the busiest man in our showbiz. That's that's how it is. Corey Moore said, "Everybody, give thank him you, a
3: raise." That's right. I deserve one. And you know what else? I, I wanted to mention one more comment about In-N-Out uh, from a, a listener of ours. He, he's awesome. He always chimes in Bruins fan 71. Um, he said in and out because we talked about the meaning of in and out You would think it's a sexual song. It's actually about money. I remember talking about that with, with John. Yeah. And uh, exactly. In Out. It was actually about a friend of Sammy's whose son had passed away and he had no insurance. And he told Sammy it cost as much for his birth as it did for his funeral. Hence the lyrics. They got you coming in. They got you going out. Same amount in and out so that's kind of wow
1: okay yeah so in a way it is uh money's involved but it had a much
3: more kind of deeper
1: personal meaning so it's, wow i really like
3: that yeah so uh, that's it on in and out uh what do you say mark we got this beautiful wheel in front of us here we got 89 tracks currently still on it uh so we're about a third of the way through uh, i gotta tell you scott lately we've had some pretty amazing things happen with the wheel we had uh eric senich from the van Heelen news desk was on the show and actually called his shot. He said, I want to hear uh, Cabo Wabo, and then we spun it. So that was pretty amazing. And then last week, uh, of course, we recorded on the 31st anniversary of 4 Unlawful, and it was our 31st show, and we spun a song from that album. So the the wheel's kind of working in a magical way right now. So if you had a particular song or album you wanted to hear, odds are pretty decent we might get it tonight.
4: All right, uh, that being the case, uh, and and the few Van Halen songs I actually know. I'm going to go out on a limb and uh, I'm going to pick Pretty Woman. Oh, nice.
1: That would be a really fun one to do. I'm not going to lie.
3: And we haven't had a ton from Diver Down either. So uh, that would be a great we album. Haven't, no. from too, yeah. uh, Mark, what are you in the mood for tonight?
1: I'm in the mood for a Diamond Dave song. That is it. Yes, that's uh, I know. You're all shocked. You're all shocked. I'm the Sammy guy. <laughs> But uh, no, I I kind of, I I agree. Um, I really think Pretty Woman would be good. I think uh, Ain't Talking About Love would be great. Um, I would like to hear just a a good, solid uh, Sammy tune. Or I'm sorry, Dave tune. See, it's already, it's ingrained in my brain. I can't (laughs) help it. Um, But Diamond Dave, I want a Diamond Dave era tune, a really good rocking one. That's, uh, that's, That's what I would like.
3: Doesn't matter what album. How about you, Corey? Uh, kind of the same boat. I'm kind of hoping for a deeper cut uh, for Scott because he's probably heard all the hits. I want a really classic Diamond Dave deep cut like hear about it later or, or something like that or something from Van Halen oh, okay. that maybe not everybody knows, right? That, that's kind of what I'm in the mood for tonight. So, All right. Well, fair enough. All right. What do you say, Mark? Should we get this thing spinning? Well, tell Sammy to hit it and spin it. Here we go! Down to. Oh, 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 it's going to be OU812. Feels so good. So it's not a Dave tune. It's nope. a Sammy tune, but uh, Mark, I got a feeling you're a fan of this one. I have a feeling you're correct. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your recollections of a Feels So Good and OU812, Mark?
1: This is just uh Honestly, the earliest memory I have from a lot of songs from this album was uh, this is the one, or at least this was one that I remember hearing frequently uh, when I was a kid. My usual uh, musical upbringing um, in terms of classic rock or rock music of yesterday era stems from car trips taken and my parents just having it on a uh, classic rock radio station or something of that nature. and radio stations love playing van halen they really it doesn't matter what station as long as there is a rock as a genre to be played van halen is more than likely going to hit the you know it's going to hit the airwaves on that station so i remember hearing a lot of van halen that way but if i really recall i believe my mom or my dad had a tape of of uh of ou8 and uh that one was kind of the only, for whatever reason, was the only Van Halen uh, album they owned. Uh, I guess they just didn't feel like buying any others, but that one they had. And so I heard that one uh, in sort of the, the car cassettes. Cassettes were, I'm not going to explain it to the younger audience what cassette <laughs> tapes were, but it was a tape. It wasn't a CD. Um, that one was in rotation, along with a lot of other uh, wonderful groups like you know Chicago or Journey.
3: I got gotcha. you, uh, Scott. Uh, have you heard uh, a lot from OU812?
4: I don't believe so, uh, but I will say it was very common around that time for people to just buy one or two albums by a band, like they they might like a hit song, and they would get the album so they could have that because that was why uh, single cassettes started coming out. The very short lived where you would get, you know, uh, a front and a, and a B-side, like a 45 only in a cassette version. Uh, so that was very common to have that or have uh, LPs, with, uh, you know, a, a huge collection, but one or two by each band. Uh, but this this song I am not familiar with, so I'm looking forward to hearing it.
3: Well, uh, OU812, uh, I'm going to come right out and say, it's probably my least favorite, um, maybe balance in there too, but my least favorite Sammy album. There's some good stuff on here, but this is kind of the the, the lighter pop friendlier uh van halen uh, not a lot of guitars on this album there's a lot of synths uh things like that mm. um feel so good was the third song written uh for ou 812 uh way back in the day uh it was a single uh if i remember correctly uh this album was released in 1988 i believe the single came out the fourth single came out in 1989 um it's the uh sixth track on the album the second on uh, side b for all you vinyl lovers and um you're gonna get a lot of uh lot of good harmonies in this song and uh sammy kind of doing what sammy does best does that sound accurate which
1: is which is uh you know (laughs) being the vocal god that he is and you know if i have to die on that hill somewhat alone i'll do it but uh (laughs) yeah no i'll 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 give it to you though this is not uh by any stretch my favorite song on the album not at all, because, I mean, you take a look at what is on this album, and uh, there's a lot of hits, or there's quite a few. In fact, there's one that we did not that long ago that you mentioned, the aforementioned Cabo Wabo. Nuff said, am I right? Because Cabo Wabo slaps, as the kids say. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think Feel So Good is not uh, their best track. But it's a good track. And I'll I'll let the the listener and uh the first timer like Scott uh let them make the the judgment call on it.
3: Sounds good. What do you say? Let's spin a little feel so good from OU812. it seems like every song from this era starts off with a synthesizer. Doesn't it work?
1: It does. <laughs> and I was, I was wondering if it was going to be you or me to stop the song, to mention the intro. Um, the intro almost sounds like something, uh, uh, that maybe, um, Oh, what's his name that did fly like an Eagle? Uh, Oh, uh, Steve oh, Miller. <laughs> Steve Miller. That's okay. Yeah. Like sounded like something from like that era of Steve Miller or something of the nature, but, um, but also, if you take a look back at a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of uh, uh, Sammy tunes, especially for Van Halen, they do kind of start off with that weird little synthy quality to it. I mean, listen to "What When It's Love," listen to uh, "Why Can't This Be Love," you know, things of that sort. Uh, they all have kind of a similar synth
3: intro vibe. Uh, well, what did you think right off the hot, Scott? Or right off the uh, hop there, Scott. I imagine coming on a Van Halen podcast expecting a Van Halen rock song. And you got synthesizers for the first uh, twenty seconds.
4: Well, if if I was in the car and this came on, I would not have guessed it was Van Halen until I heard Sammy kick in, and that at that point I would have known immediately because it's such a signature sound. Uh, I might actually know the song. I, I'll be curious as it as it goes further. Uh, I think it's a, it's a cool intro. It, it definitely warms up to you know to the listener, saying you know here's where we're going. It's an interesting tonality. I love what the percussion's doing. Uh, The synth is really kind of standard, I think, for this, this era. Uh, It doesn't, it doesn't really strike me as anything particularly interesting, but it it does have a good feel to it. All right, let's keep it rocking.
3: It's almost criminal to have Eddie Van Halen guitar that low in the mix, isn't it? Like you could barely hear the rhythm in there. Right. I was just, it's true.
4: I was just thinking about how subtle his guitar sounds. And since they're really known as a guitar band, uh, it really feels kind of weird.
3: Yeah. If I have Eddie Van Halen in my in my band, uh, subtle guitars is not one thing uh, I'm dialing up uh, for any track.
4: Nobody puts baby in a corner.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
1: I'm only speculating here, but is it possible that maybe Eddie felt real strongly about uh, making sure the keys were at the forefront of this track?
3: Maybe. We know he was big on synths. Uh, You know, that was one of the big things with him and Dave, right? Dave wanted more guitar and Eddie wanted to experiment with different instruments, uh, which is fine and dandy. So, yeah, you know, he's stretching out a little bit, of course. Um, There's a little back and forth with Dave uh, in this era, right? Dave, of course, came out with his solo album, Eat Him and Smile. And then uh, the title of this album is a direct response to that with OU812, you know, kind of a little dig at Dave there. So, uh, yeah, who knows? It's just a little surprising to hear that nice rhythm guitar just so low and so back in the mix.
4: To to Mark's point, I would say, uh, from what I know of the band, Eddie pretty much had control over, you know, the overall decisions of the band. I can't imagine... Maybe drug periods aside uh, or certain circumstances aside, I can't imagine that he would say, I really want to not care what goes on with this. I don't think much got released without his final stamp on it saying, "Okay, this is this is good enough to be put out. So I, I would have to say that it was probably a decision on his part to to make the guitars a little more subtle, at least in this part.
3: Mark, you want to talk about the vocals there a little bit? I know we talk about Sammy being the better vocalist, and I, I, I think Sammy Hagar is maybe top 10 rock vocalist of all time. Uh, David Lee Roth wouldn't make that list. He's top 10 uh, frontmen of all time. But, mm-hmm. you know, even Sammy on those verses, it just sounds just really nice and even and pleasant. And now he's really going to get to kind of open up a little bit on the bridge and on the chorus here. But uh, Sammy Hagar, as a singer, there aren't a lot better, are there? Uh, not
1: a lot especially of this era where everybody was trying to sound like everybody. Um, But uh, very few and far between if uh, you could uh, have your own unique style and stand out. I think Sammy Hagar definitely stands out. He's doing a really nice thing here in the verse, uh, a legato, if you will, where he just sounds like he's singing very evenly. He's not taking like a ton of breaks, a little stagnant breathing, anything like that. It's just like flowing with each phrase. Right before, you know, of course, at some point, he's just going to cut loose. And he's still he's still keeping it up in his uh, Sammy's got has a really good uh, register and he has good dynamics. So he's he's keeping it in the range that, you know, but he's not straining. He's not uh, he's not going there just yet. But, yeah, it's just it's very pleasant, as you said, very, very nice and connected. I like it. How about you,
3: Scott?
4: I think it's really interesting. Uh, I was familiar with Sammy Hagar back in the early part of the 80s when he did like three lock box and your love is driving me crazy uh and and it's weird for me to think it's the same guy because he just has such a different feel to his his style with van halen than he did on his own i think he sounds good i think his singing is nice and smooth i like the sound of his voice he's he's got a very unique and identifiable signature sound um it's it's weird though the song it's it's like it's an 80s song without being an 80s song. It has the feel of it, but it also doesn't at the same time.
3: And that's a good point. I was looking at some of the, you know, where music was in 1988. Uh, of course, the uh, glam metal or hair metal, if you will, uh, was on the rise around that time, right? You know, ACDC had up your Video, Anthrax had an album out, but it was bands like Winger and Dawkin, where we're kind of ruling the airwaves around that time, uh, GNR, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So while well, everyone was kind of getting more glam metal Van Halen kind of went the opposite direction right they went more pop orientated uh, and it seemed to work for him cuz all you eight one two was a a pretty big hit for him i think it went uh, what four times platinum uh, wow. uh this song uh, actually hit the top 40 uh if i remember correctly I think it was right around number 35 or something so uh just kind of interesting when you know the the Guns N' Roses Aerosmith had a big album around this time Def Leppard with hysteria was the year before they're all heading one direction Van Halen seems like they're kind of going a different route
1: Maybe, maybe they realized early on uh, how to or, or maybe they thought how to reach a broader audience is to expand what we do uh, as a band and uh, the, the content of what we're singing about because with the departure of Dave and with the entrance of, uh, of Sammy, you get it just completely changes the vibe of the band. And that's not a bad thing. It just means it, they're growing. They're evolving because that's that's where this band needed to go. Or it's simpler than that, Corey. The boys in Van Halen simply didn't want to put on as much makeup as all the glam metal guys. <laughs> That's it, time consuming. It
3: is time consuming. Get your hair that big, like, you know, two, three cans of hairspray to tease your hair up that much. Yeah, I, I hear you. That, He's got, what
1: who's got the time? You know, it's like, yeah. it's a whole thing. <laughs>
3: Did you know Sammy was so into sailing in nautical terms, Mark?
1: I would say that at this point, the yacht rock movement was becoming more prominent. So, you know, why not? Why not sing a little bit about uh, sailing and, and, and hitting the seas and, and uh, pretending you're on a boat? Because everyone wants to pretend they're on a boat, especially when the weather's hot and it's hot out there for you. He is uh, pretending he's on a yacht. He is uh, having a good time. It feels so good to just be chilling and you get some uh, a nice little groove of a tune like uh, what's happening here. It's not uh, I would not put this song on a yacht rock playlist because I don't think it counts, but if I were to put Van Halen on a yacht, I could imagine that uh, they'd want to hear a song of similar uh, you know similar vibes as this one, not just because they wrote it. But uh, yeah, that's what I think this is about. It's about Sammy, uh, you know, he's feeling good and he's uh, he's on the beach. That's a precursor to, you know, where he would go later.
3: I, I prefer to picture him on the Prava boat as it's going down singing, you feel so good. But uh, yeah, this song <laughs> does very much fit on the same album as uh, Cabo Wabo. Uh, Scott, were you getting anything lyrically from this? I always kind of make fun of Sammy as a lyricist. He's certainly not on par with David Lee Roth. And then here's kind of just another example.
4: Yeah, I, I can't say I'm big on the, the actual words of the song, but I like the way they're sung, if that makes sense. Cool. Um, I, I I don't like the backing vocals. Like the oohs aren't are as appealing to me. Um, I like the other backing vocals, but just those oohs seem like they're a little too loud, a little too harsh coming in, a little too forced for me. Uh, I do like the swing feel of the drums. I think that that really gives the song a, a good sense of movement uh if he had just played
3: straightforward i don't think the song would be as good no that's a very good call and a good call in the mix too um there's actually a quote from Eddie van Halen when they asked him about this record uh not being mixed as well as he would have liked and his exact quote was uh sonically it was shit so yeah that that kind of plays (laughs) in yeah uh you know the rhythm was way too low originally the ooze like you mentioned a little too hot so uh don landy produced this record again and uh by the sounds of it, wasn't a huge uh, fan of the mix of this one.
4: Well, it doesn't. Well, that it doesn't sound, big, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. it doesn't sound rich and full like a lot of their songs do. I mean, with with the synths, it a, a good balance of synth and guitar. This album should really sound, or this song should really sound much bigger than it does. Uh, I I like the individual parts, but the synth is kind of wearing on me a little bit because it's just so you know you got to break that up a little bit.
3: All right, uh, Mark, your thoughts on the solo section there?
1: Look, no matter how you feel about the song, can we all agree that solo just absolutely cooks? Like, he almost did it. It's almost like Eddie wanted to play the solo as loud and as high-pitched as possible, knowing full well that his guitar was mixed way, way low. Even then, even then he knew. So he's like, all right, fine. Well, I'm going to give you just this loud-ass solo so you have no choice. But to catch me, you have no, you can't turn me any lower, other than just turning it off, and that just won't stand. So <laughs> Eddie, Eddie just gives you a rip roaring solo in this very chill kind of atmosphere, uh, yeah, yacht rocky type of Van Halen tune, and and Eddie just let lets loose almost in spite of it all. Uh, that's that's my takeaway from it.
4: I think it was a great solo. Um, I like that it. it really cut through. Obviously, you know, being in a different range of frequencies than the rest of the music helped with that volume issue. But I thought it was a good solo. I think that it's nice that he stayed in a small range of notes for that whole time and really made it work instead of just shredding all over the guitar and and saying, all right, this is how I'm going to get through. I thought it was very tasteful.
3: And that's one thing you'll notice from Eddie Van Halen solos. He doesn't play notes for the sake of playing notes. Uh, most of his solos are very much in line with the song. Uh, And this is another one I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. Um, I I can't say one way or another if the song is really working for me, but the solo uh, really did work for me. I, I was a big fan of that. Feel so good from OU eight uh, one two. Before we vote, let's get some final comments. Scott, uh, what would you think uh, about uh, about our, our track here this week?
4: I like that he wants her to make him feel good, but he's only going to make her feel nice. That's, That's all you get.
3: <laughs> and you're lucky <laughs> uh, you're getting that.
4: Yeah, I, just just get what you get and be happy. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an okay track. Uh, if it were to come on the radio, like if I were in the car and it would come on, I would probably listen through the guitar solo and then say, that's about enough. It's, it's, it's a very repetitive, uh, song. It's, it's, I don't mind a simple song, but there's just not much to it. I thought the, uh, that section before the guitar solo was a little bit weird. Um, yeah. it, it just kind of went nowhere. Yeah. It was a neat idea. I liked that there was something different, but then it just kind of went nowhere, and then Eddie came in and saved it. So, uh, decent track. Yeah, not not too bad. Not not anything I would say is just from the songs I know, far from their best.
3: Mark, uh, what are you thinking?
1: I have notes. I have thoughts, but I'm going to save it for the, uh, the
3: vote. Okay. Sounds good. So, Scott, how this works is uh, when we throw it to you, you're going to give me a thumbs up, if that, if this is what dreams are made of, or are you gonna give me a thumbs down if this dream is over? Should we start with uh, Scott on this, Mark?
1: Sure. So All Scott, right. can you tell us, uh, was this song from OU812 feel so good? What dreams are made of, or for you, was the dream over?
4: Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I I thought it was a little monotonous with the synthesizer. Um, I would have liked a little more to the song. Uh, The production was definitely not great and they usually get a pretty good studio sound. So, and, and lyrically it just, you know, it's just another love song. It's pretty cliche. One vote is is in Mark. Mm -hmm.
1: So then I have to, uh, throw it to my co-host, Corey, you, Mm -hmm. uh, how did you indeed feel so good? Or was it just all a bad dream? dream,
3: dream. dream I can't. Th- this is not a song I-, I typically enjoy. If I'm listening to oua 812 this is one I skip. Um, it- it's not horrible. I certainly didn't hate it. Uh, like uh, I'm with Scott. I thought the-, the guitar solo was really great. Um, But the, you know, the instrumental section beforehand was a little weird. Um, Sammy sounds great. I thought the you know vocally was amazing. The mix is way off uh, for me, which is an issue I have with with a few songs actually on this album. Um, so to me, it was close. I was kind of wavering back and forth kind of the whole time, uh, but ultimately I, I I can't give this one a pass. I would say the dream is over. Uh, so that's two on the negative side, Mark. Uh, now it's up to you, my friend. Uh, is this what dreams are made of, or for you, is this dream over?
1: So now I have to be the guy. If you're surprised, well, me too. But here's the thing. I, here, here, here are my thoughts here. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good that can be pointed out, and uh, my two co-hosts today have already pointed them out. Sammy does sound great. I there's, I'm not taking anything away from that. The rhythm section, they're turned way up so you can hear Alex and Michael in full force and they're doing they're doing their job. Michael especially is doing his job. I know we we wax poetic about Michael a lot on this show, but it's well-deserved. The, the, the composition of the song is just okay. Uh, the lyrics, I don't hate it as much as the, these other two guys aren't so keen on it, but they are just okay. So, I mean, but there's a lot to take from it. And this song just happens to be on a very, uh, what I think is a solid Van Halen album, albeit different. But unfortunately, what it boils down to, and this may be a hot take, but I'm going to say it. Feels So Good is just a lamer version of Why Can't This Be Love? There are a lot of similarities. If you put the track side by side, a lot of things Sammy is doing vocally on this track, he does exactly the same in uh, Why Can't This Be Love. Even the intro is somewhat comparable even the intro and i know i said it like well, a lot of people a lot of times you, you'll get some uh, uh synth intros that seem weird but ultimately it rocks well this one i don't think it necessarily doesn't rock but it it, it doesn't it doesn't rock in the way that it should because they already did the song It's called Why Can't This Be Love," And unfortunately, Feels So Good seems like the demo version that wasn't just, it wasn't quite there. They had to uh, restructure the song entirely and they made it better. Uh, But then they decided, you know what? We still have that scrapped demo. Why don't we just throw it on this album? Yeah, why not? Okay, hey, Sammy, re-sing it. Okay, and there you go. You got Feels So Good. At least that's the impression I get. So unfortunately, uh, on top of that, the mix is terrible. Uh, Like I said, I'm not crazy about a lot of uh, other ways the song is formulated. I thought perhaps the solo could save it. I evidently don't have as fond of memories of the song as I thought I did. I think maybe I'm just thinking of the album itself. But oftentimes, a terrible song has been saved by Eddie's solo. I thought it was going to happen, but I could not get past the whole, this is just, why can't this be love but worse? Uh, factor of it all so ultimately that is why this song uh, is, is the dream is over if it feels so good for me
2: no oh, <laughs> I, know, I know I know.
1: I can't believe it either why,
3: why would I ever uh, poo poo a Sammy song but look no one's perfect I can't wait for the OU812 apologist to come out in droves and just rake us over the coals for being unanimous in the dream is over and uh I, I dare say for all of us, it, it wasn't a definitive uh, this dream is over. Like it's everything Scott said, it's repetitive. Uh the mix mm-hmm. isn't great. There's still good stuff here. Um, but when when you compare it to even other songs on this album, uh, you know, even you know, we, we covered uh, AFU great song. Cabo Wabo is a great yeah. song. When it's love uh, is is yes. for this genre Van Halen When It's Love is you know, one of the top ones of all time, right? Uh, finish, finish what, you what started. You started. Absolutely. Yeah. Black and Blue, Sucker in a Three-Piece. There's some great stuff on this record. Uh, this was always just kind of my, you know, not one that I gravitated to, and I was hoping, heading into that, I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to listen to this with an open mind, and maybe I'll I'll put it back in the rotation, but um, uh, just didn't work out for me.
4: You know, another thing I noticed is that when they switch to the organ, it's so far back in the mix, it has no power to it. And I think that really also just kills the momentum of the song.
3: Yes, no, that's a great point. Very powerless for a power ballad, wouldn't you say?
4: Yeah, it's almost like the record company said, "Um, you guys need one more radio single, so just go knock something
3: out. Yeah, it it very much (laughs) felt like that. And ironically, it was the last single released uh, from the album back in January of 1989.
1: Hmm. yeah but even so like we we must reiterate didn't hate the song didn't think the song was was terrible but it just uh, just didn't work for us today didn't work uh in terms of uh uh do we consider this song a banger we unanimously decided no we do not but uh we do want to hear what you guys think so be sure to check out the uh the poll on twitter uh at podcast will rock and uh tell us if we're absolutely just crazy or if uh, we're onto something and feel free to let me know how uh, wrong I was
3: about calling this song, uh, the weaker version of why can't this be love and for calling it yacht rock. I can't wait for people to leap down (laughs) your throat for calling it yacht rock. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Look, in some circles, they consider Journey Yacht Rock, and uh, I'll never understand that. So, if if someone wants to go ahead and try and argue that case, then I'll go ahead and argue this one. We'll have a a, a meaningless debate.
3: There you go. All oh, right. If what it's you- been
4: sp- featured in some sort of spring fever beach movie, then you it, it does have
3: that feel to it for sure. It does. Yeah, it really it, it feels like it would be like an '80s comedy. Mm-hmm. If you listen close, you can hear background vocals from Michael McDonald, and
1: that is epitome yacht rock, too.
3: <laughs> that is the Webster's dictionary uh, definition of yacht rock, yes. Yes. McDon- of course, Michael McDonald, of course, co-wrote I'll wait uh from 1984. So he does have a Van Halen connection. There you go. Well, see there, there you go. They're just like, yo, Mikey, sing on this real quick. Oh, okay. okay.
1: So good. <laughs> I, just, I assume Michael McDonald talks that way because he sings that way. And that's <laughs> how
3: that works. We'll find but, out uh, on, yeah. our, on our Doobie Brothers podcast, which I'm sure is coming.
1: You make a joke, but I would be so excited for that.
3: that if anyone awesome. wants to co-host a Doobie Brothers podcast with Mark Kamire, please let them know. And where can they find you on the interweb to let you know, Mark, that they want to do that show with you?
1: for inquiries about the doobie brothers podcast aka just a straight up yacht rock podcast let's go ahead and just get it out of the way and do that because there's so much to explore come at me at mark the bat on twitter and instagram you can uh send me all of the feedback all of the actually i haven't been getting a lot of hate recently so that's nice so i appreciate that you guys i i i uh i, I like it when we have civil conversations it's appreciative so find us there Corey, where can the good people find you if they want to yell at
3: you about how much I'm screwing up and where can they find the shows? Well, they can find the show uh, at com. You can catch all of our uh, old episodes there. we got merch for sale. Uh, like I said, a uh, good friend Jonathan went and bought himself a killer-looking mug. Uh, we just sold some yeah. stickers, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that Ooh. 75 cents, but I'm sure I'll roll it back into the production of the show. Uh, you can find the show uh, at Podcastable on Twitter, uh, you can also find me at CD Morset on Twitter. And you can find me uh, hosting two other uh, podcasts. The first one, Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited, where we break down the entire Aerosmith catalog in two weeks, featuring one Scott Haskin from the Magicians podcast. He's on there. He picked a song. We had a lot of fun. Uh, the other one is Backtracks theme music. We just launched it um, th- this week. It uh, we, uh, was a Corey pick, and I picked uh, one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite movies, The Commitments, uh, Mustang Sally. Uh, So check that one out wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can find us as part of the Deep Dive Podcasting Network, which also features our special guest this week, Scott Haskin. Scott, tell us about your show one more time.
4: So Uriah Heap, The Magician's Podcast, uh, 306 episodes, I think, are, are done awaiting the new album. And every Uriah Heap song they ever made has been covered.
3: That's amazing. That is
1: amazing. Yeah, kudos to you on keeping that consistent. Three hundred episodes is nothing to scoff at. We are not even close. We've been making <laughs> uh, some headway here, but uh, we're we still got a ways to go. Uh, yeah. We won't hit three hundred songs uh, for Van Halen, I don't believe, unless. Unless Corey talks me into uh, adding the solo stuff
3: from Sammy and Dave, then I'm trying maybe. folks. I'm trying to talk him into it. I want to talk some eat up um and smile. I want to talk some skyscraper, even some extreme stuff and uh, some Sammy stuff. Let's get Sammy in the circle on there. Let's cover some of their stuff. And of course, uh, Wolfgang who put out uh, one of Mark and I's favorite album in the past, like five years, uh, mm-hmm. the mammoth WVH album is phenomenal. So I'd love to talk about that stuff with you, Mark.
1: I mean, well, when you put it that way, yeah, so uh, be on the lookout. I'm sure it's, it's on the way, but before we get to any of that, uh, we still have to make our way through the uh, catalog of Van Halen because that's what the show is about. That's why you come in. That's why you say hello and say your kind words, and every once in a while you say a bad word, but it's okay. We accept it. On behalf of Corey and myself, uh, thank you, Scott, for being on the show. This was a very fun time. Come back anytime you want to be on the show. Anytime you want to talk Van Halen, learn a new track, if you will. uh, Expand your knowledge. That's what we're here for, so thank you. Uh, I'd love to. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man, anytime. And we will have – if you want to be a guest on the show, please hit us up. We've had uh, fans of the show be guests before. We're not slowing down anytime soon, so – be sure to let us know how you feel. Let us know what we're how we're doing and uh, that's it. We are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later.